welcome to the Good You Can Do podcast. I'm Andy. And I'm Anna. And together we are going to talk you through positive life changes that are going to help make the world a better place. Today we're going to talk about driving electric cars. We are the proud owners of a 2014 Nissan Leaf. <laughs> and it took some convincing, shall I say, to make the jump to an electric car. There's a bit of a backstory here. I uh, We got married five years ago. And a week before the wedding, I surprised my wonderful wife with her dream car. And unbeknownst to her, but we, she as well, we had together brought an Audi A3. And, and it was gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> and Anna cherished this car for many moons. Uh, and it was fun to drive. It was zippy. It looked cool. It was styly. And then I went into this kind of evolution of being more green and more, you know, climate friendly. And these sort of subjects became really important to me. And I slowly convinced her that we should switch to an electric car. But dare I say, it did take some convincing. I was a touch hesitant. (laughs) Please, darling, sell your beautiful Audi A3, your beautiful European car, and swap it for the ugliest car on the the road. Possibly the ugliest car in production. What were your fears or trepidations about owning an electric car? If you think back to before we got one. So if I ignore the ugly factor... Which is a big thing. To which is a big thing, but you have to ignore that. It was 100% range anxiety. So it was fear that I would get stuck. And the problem with electric cars is that you can't run down the road and fill up a small canister with petrol to get you going again. To be fair, that has never crossed my mind since I've had the car. It seems like such a small amount when you're buying these newer Leafs or newer electric cars that don't quite have a massive range yet that 120 kilometers seems like nothing. But I would struggle to drive half that in a day, next to every day, you know. So has it ever? So I mean, you drive. You basically go somewhere every day, apart from while we're in lockdown. But gym and general life. We'll go on adventures, usually every morning and, and sometimes in the afternoon. Have, yeah, have you ever come close to running out of I think the I think the lowest I ever got was 10% of charge, which was approximately 14 kilometers. And that seems like a tiny, tiny number because when you are in a petrol car, if you got your car down to 14 kilometers range, you would be freaking out. You would not have let it go that far. But the fact of the matter is as I'm usually not more than 14 kilometers from home. So everyone should know that I'm a stay-at-home mum, and we have two kids and yeah we go out on activities all around Wellington in the morning but we live in the northern suburbs and I can get basically my car can take me to the airport and back twice in a day. Once I knew that my fear was pretty much erased because I would never drive to the airport twice in one day. And the airport is basically on the opposite side of town. So if I can go that far and back, then it's definitely going to take me into town, to the supermarket, to kindy drop-offs, to friends' houses. It's going to allow me to do all that without ever having to worry about running out of juice. 
Mm. And you charge it every night? Yes, so it's set to an only 80% charge because that is better for the long-term health of the battery. And so most, so most days you don't even charge it to 100%, even mm-hmm. though the range to begin, to begin with is only 130 kilometres. Yeah. And even then, it's usually enough to get you around. Absolutely. You go. So at 80%, it normally gives me about 92, I think, is it's what it's currently telling me, 92 kilometres. Uh, and... I just plug it in every night. It's on a timer, so it just switches on at about 9 p.m. and turns off at about 6 a.m. But to be fair, once the power turns off at 6 a.m., it's already been charged, unless I've had a particularly heavy driving day the day before. Um, But, yeah, so I just plug it in every night. It maybe took me two weeks to get used to plugging it in, and now it's just second nature. I find myself plugging it in in the middle of the day, even if I know I'm going out at night because it's just habit, it's what you do. You take your bag out of your car, you get the kids out of the car seat, you plug your car in, you close the garage door, you walk away. It's just part of the routine. Did you have any other fears before before we got one? To be fair, not really. Um, mainly the opening this factory. Eh? Mainly, which just sounds so terrible now, but I I must admit I noticed in the first week of driving it that people treated me differently on the roads so I don't know if it's just a general bias that people have but they saw an Audi assume it's a fast car and wouldn't try to pass me would let me in more places you know they see the leaf and maybe I was more conscious of it or or maybe it is a legitimate factor but people would try and pass me more often, maybe assume that I was a bit more of a slower, more conservative driver, um, wouldn't let me pull out in front of them because I didn't want to be stuck behind the leaf. But the fact of the matter is, is that I can actually drive faster than most other people on the road, especially when it comes to going up hills and things, because I don't have to worry about churning through gas. I'm not burning money when I drive up a hill faster because I just go home and spend 20 cents to to cover the cost. You know, I'm not burning through dollar after dollar driving up a massive hill. So I think people are often shocked by how zippy it is um, and how much suddenly you don't have to concern yourself about the way you drive to try and preserve how much fuel you're consuming because you suddenly don't have to do that it doesn't matter how you drive i think something that might surprise people when when they first take one for a test drive is just how zippy it is just how much i guess torque you'd say it's got so much getting and going and the acceleration is instant like the moment you even touch the accelerator you're just zooming off yeah you are and it makes this beautiful gorgeous sounds yeah (laughs) it's very futuristic yeah yeah you feel like you're driving the future it's it's awesome i can't wait to drive it if i have the choice i've got a a toyota prius as our other car but um if i have the choice i always want to take anna's car wherever wherever we're going it's the funnest car to drive why didn't we buy an electric car sooner i guess i was the main hindrance in that equation i did put it off and and as we learn a lot when it comes to Andy and I, he plants a seed and that just needs to be nourished and grow a little bit. So this can, any new massive change in our life can can take sort of six to 12 months to eventuate. Um, it's interesting though, because once you gave me permission and said, okay, we can, 
babe, we can get an electric car. I went into paralysis by analysis mode. When you look on Trade Me, there's just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Nissan Leafs. It's a really easy car to find now. And so I would scroll through all of these and just, you know, I'd be searching for the best deal. I'd have dozens of them on my watch list and I wanted to wait for the perfect color and, you know, I wanted to wait for the perfect statement of health, which we'll talk about. What you did so well was, you know, this went on for a few months while I was dilly-dallying around waiting for a bargain. And one day we were driving back from Christmas uh, up north and you just said, look, babe, if this is important to you, let's just... You know, let's just do it. Let's just make this happen. I think this is basically two years ago. Um, you said, look, let's just get on with it. We could have had one by for six months by that stage, by that you know, stage, and, we, yeah. and instead I was still burning fuel and, you know, and enjoying driving my Audi. But I guess once I'd made my mind up, it was I knew it was just always going to be a shorter relationship that I had with this car. So um, with my previous one. So I was ready to move on to the next the next step and yeah I think when you tell people you're going to buy an electric car of course you start getting fed all the the fear stories and the oh mechanics don't know how to service them as well and the batteries are really expensive if you ever need to replace them and uh, you won't you'll get stuck somewhere and everyone has their own opinion as to convincing themselves as to why they shouldn't already have an electric car and we're all you know we've all done it to ourselves but the fact of the matter is is that once we had it no one can no one close to us can actually dispute the fact that it's an awesome car we have never had to worry about taking to it to a mechanic ever um except for to get its warrant of fitness and have a service and in fact even I'm trying to think. You don't have to do an oil change and things for, for a service. So services are pretty pretty easy. Um, there's yeah, not really, there's not really anything to service. You know, you essentially got brake pads and yeah. you've got to check your tire tread. But you know, there's really nothing else to service. That's one of the coolest things about them. There's there's really very very little that can that can go wrong. Um, there is the batteries, and uh, so far, impressively, batteries have uh, had a very very low failure rate. So um, we're going to find out over time as you start to get Nissan Leafs that are 10 years old and beyond. And we're going to start to see what happens. Um, and there was a story on Fergo that we watched last night with this lady who had, whose battery was getting quite, um, I guess, you know, the, the, the range was getting less and less on her car. And she had investigated getting a second-hand battery and was quoted 120000 so the story went. Um, but in that same story, there were uh, companies or at least one company starting to look at offering a refurbishment service, which would, would you know, cost a reasonable amount and extend the range of your battery. So our take on the battery risk, you know, what happens if your battery craps out is that this is just capitalism working. You know, as you get more and more electric car owners, there'll be more demand. There'll so. be demand for for a company that refurbishes batteries and, and helps either recycle them or extend the life of them. And until you have a whole lot of electric car owners, there's no point someone starting a electric car battery refurbishing company because there's no market for it. So they won't even clients. Yeah. So to me, the the fear that these things will become worthless once the battery gets below a certain um, you know range is is pretty unfounded. Um, now, and, and I think we should also note that that petrol cars are not perfect either. I mean, 
entire motors can crap out on a petrol car and no one tells you not to buy a petrol car because oh my goodness if the motor is terrible suddenly one day your car will be worth nothing no one goes around saying that because that's just an issue with cars the leaf is no different electric cars are no different things can go wrong and they will cost you lots of money to fix but that's no different from any other vehicle on the road they all have their risk associated with how long you drive them for and how you drive them and and they have costs associated so it's it's not suddenly okay buy yourself an electric car and you'll never have to spend on a cent on cars ever again it's okay yes you'll have an electric car and it'll cost you far less to run in the interim but when it's at the end of its life just like your petrol car may one day reach yes okay it's going to have depreciated in value and that's just what we do with all cars to mitigate the risk there are some guess uh, bits of advice you could follow and uh this is the criteria that i followed when we were looking and and by no means am i an expert so i'll offer you what we did but i'd suggest getting some some advice on this matter but uh first thing i looked for was i wanted to for us to buy an electric car from someone who sold a lot of electric cars so we bought ours from country cars in lower heart and part of that was they had you know the time we went to go see them they had 20 electric cars on the lot so every single car had you know the um complete battery health reports they had all the paperwork you would expect to see um, they knew what they were selling they sold a lot of leaves they knew the the pros and cons of them um, you could all you can buy second hand from an individual owner but you want to see a battery what they call a battery health report um, you can get a thing from like repco and sibiji portos i think called a, a leaf spy which is like a little thing that plugs into the car and syncs with your phone and, and gives you the health of the battery but if that sounds like too hard basket for you, then I'd, I'd go along to a, a dealer that, that sells electric cars. Um, if you're if you're a bit of a you know a, a one to do a lot of research on these things, there are Facebook groups, there are organisations online that you can join up to where you can get a whole lot of advice, and there are people that are really happy to help in this regard. Um, in terms of the battery health with Nissan Leafs, you have this 12 bar system, which the 12 bars represent the sort of health of the battery. And when we brought our car, it was, uh, it was I think 12, 12 bars. Yeah. And, and, and it's now at 10. Um, and we looked for a, 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 they call it the SOH percentage, which is kind of the health of the battery. And I think ours was around 88% when we brought it. And I was really looking for something 85% plus. I wanted something that, you know, I, I was happy to pay a little bit more for a car that had a, a really good battery rather than one that looked a bit newer but had been thrashed around and maybe the battery was a, a little bit, um, a little bit, you know, more, more worn out. Uh, partly I did that because I was worried about range. I, I don't even think I'd be that worried about range anymore. You know, it's proved no. to be less of a concern than, than we thought when we brought it. The... Other one that I anecdotally was encouraged to look at was how many uh, quick charges and long charges. So when you look at these like battery health reports, you'll generally see two numbers, LC, which means long charge, and QC, which means quick charge. And this is the number of long charges or slow charges the car has had. So that's where you go and plug it in at home at night. And how many? the other number is how many quick charges it's had. So that's when you go to the super fast charges that are located at... Um, some service stations around Wellington and around New Zealand. Now, 
you can imagine if the car has been used as a taxi, it's going to have had a lot of quick charges if it's been used as a, you know, a green cab or something like that. Um, now, again, I'm not an expert on this, but I was informed that if the, if the battery has had a lot of quick charges, it can um, wear it out a little bit quicker. So I tried to avoid cars where it where, the, where most of the charge, I mean, have been done via quick charge. So that was just what we did. Not guaranteeing that's the perfect way to look at it, but it was something that came into our criteria. And probably a key point to note, which I didn't point out before, that a slow charge is just plugging it in at home, but there are no special plugs required for a Leaf. Or a, um, Teslas, I think, might be a little bit different, but uh, I literally plug it in. I put a I put a timing plug on onto our socket because I wanted it to turn off and on automatically, but it is just your normal standard house plug on the wall. So you point. don't I, you don't need to need yeah. Plug. And I mean potentially if you park your car outside, yes, you might need to consider getting a special outdoor plug if you're then going to charge it while it's parked outside. But if you're in a garage, all you need is to be able to get the front of the car close enough to a plug. It's that simple and it kind of becomes like your phone you know you go home and you plug your phone in each night when you go to bed an electric car is simply like that you, you just you come home from wherever you've been and if it's the last outing of the day you plug the car in and the next day it's ready to rock and roll so uh on that note of charging you know one of the things that you've mentioned to me so many times since we've owned an electric car is just how nice it is never have to, never having to visit a service station it's fantastic. I mean, <laughs> when you've got two kids in the car and you're running late and they're screaming for a snack and it's the last thing you want to do is see that empty light come on and you have to go pull into a petrol station and fill up with gas. What do you do with your kids? Do you take them both inside if it's pouring with rain? I mean, I know there's wonderful pay at the pump sort of things now, but do you lock your kids in the car while you have to go in? I mean, there's all these sorts of things to consider. And the fact that I never have to visit a petrol station is just amazing. It is so nice. I I mean, the kids have probably been to a hand, visited a petrol station a handful of times in their life just when we're going on long trips and we've had to fill up Andy's car. But aside from that, it's the nicest stress to have to take out of your life. And I've gone to coffee groups with my mum's friends and they've all said, oh, what do you do with your kids in the car? We can't leave mine. If I walk away, my kid screams, you know, all of these different things that happen. And that is just completely removed from your life. And it's a small win, but actually when you're juggling kids, it's like these little, this low hanging fruit that you can remove to make your life easier is wonderful. And I've got two large car seats in my car now. Uh, I would have had to have bought special car seats to fit along three along the back if we were going to have a third kid, but that's the same for most cars. Uh, the boot is plenty spacious for groceries, a big pram, a push bike. I'm trying to think of other things that I have in my boot right now. A picnic blanket, helmets, everything that you could possibly want. All the groceries. Yeah. It's never, I've never felt like it's run out of space or comfort. Yeah. How, what's the furthest we've been? I think Greytown. Masterton. Masterton. Yeah. Yeah. So plenty of range to get over the hill. 
to the Wairapa. We've been because when you go up the hill, of course, you have to go down the hill, and it charges on the downhill. So yeah, so this key to remember that yeah, you get a little extra bit of a bit of distance through when you go down a hill too. And that's where the range, we come back to that range. So your car might say, look, you've got 100 kilometers of range, but it all depends on how you drive it. If you drive it uh, gently, uh, don't race up hills like my, like my <laughs> wife. And if you uh, let it charge going downhill, uh, then you'll get more range out of it. So it all comes back to how you drive it. And, and yes, the car recharges itself somewhat when you're going yeah. downhill. If I head into the city from our place, I usually end up with more kilometers available than what I've left the house with. Because you've gone down the gorge. Because I've gone down the hill so far and just stayed steady 100 on the motorway. It Literally, I, I get into town and it says that I can go further than what I had when I left home. So, And if you do go over the hill, like there's a charging station in Featherston. So when we have gone over to Masterton, we've gone over there, spent the day there, come back, topped up the battery a little bit at, at Featherston for five or ten minutes and then race back over the hill and, and you're home. So it's... There, there are a surprising number of charging stations around. There's ones in Porirua, there's ones in the city, there's ones in Otaki, there's ones in Featherston. They're all over the place and now. And there's an app that you can have that tells you, I think it's ChargeNet, that yeah. tells you where all the all the charging stations are so that you... And ChargeNet, uh, yeah, shows you where they all are, but not only that, you can activate the charging station from your phone so you don't have to pay anyone or have any credits. It just runs off your credit card. It's a really easy system to use. Uh I really love it. It's it's very, very cool. So when you do need a little bit of charge, um, there are plenty of places where you can go and do that. And usually they're pretty premium parking spots as well. If you're... Yeah, they are. <laughs> Even if you just need to run into a store for something, yeah. The, who would you say a Nissan Leaf is ideal for? Who should buy a Nissan Leaf? Oh, I, well, I swear by every mum should own one. <laughs> uh I mean, if you were going to be sitting in rush hour traffic from deep south Auckland and had to get to the North Shore every day, to be fair, a Leaf might not be the most stress-free car that you've ever had. Um, but if you have a, you know, under half hour drive to work each day, I there's no reason why one of your cars in your family unit couldn't be an electric vehicle. Uh, you've always got, I mean, the, the bonus for us is that we've always got the Prius. Um, so we can go around New Zealand if we need to. So this is one of the big things that people have as a fear before they buy a Leaf is what about when you want to go out of town? Yeah. You know, what do you do when you want to go further than 130 k's? Um and we do, we, we often go to Taupo, which is about 380Ks away. So if you have a batch in the Coromandel or Gisborne or something, and you only have one car in your family, then potentially a Leaf is not your best option. I mean, you can still get to these places. It'll just take you a while longer, and you'll have to take many coffee stops on the way while you do fast charges. But anyone who is just does the majority of their driving around the city uh, but it's too far for a bike um, or the weather is too awful for a bike um, or you yeah just need a nice family car I would highly recommend it I could not speak more positively of it and I don't even look at it as being ugly anymore it's just my car <laughs> it's cute 
I think as well, like I'd, I'd look at the long distance thing. You know, if we only went to, if we only left Wellington for a long distance trip once a year, I'd probably get rid of the Prius too and just hire a car for that one week when we go away. You know, like it's. it's you got to look at it, costs of insurance and. That's right. Filling it with gas and depreciation, depreciation, and all of that carry on, and actually, it might be more affordable for you to just hire a car for a week, which is a perfectly good option. There's one more note on the charging we should say as well, which is you can get uh, power. Oh, certain power companies offer deals which are optimized where you get cheaper power at night. So they're designed for electric car owners so that while you've got it plugged in at night, your power's a lot cheaper. And so that's partly why we have ours on the timer so that uh, you know that the, the car starts charging at 10 p.m. at night when, mm. when power is a little bit cheaper. So there are options you can go down to, to make it even more cost-effective as well. I think it turned, I think we calculated it at first. I mean, it would be hard to know now because if we've had it for so long, but it, it only added about $10 to our power bill every two weeks, I think, was it? Um, so that's basically saying you're spending $10 on gas a fortnight. So that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, many studies have shown it's it, it's the equivalent of paying about 30, 35 cents per kilometer, or sorry, per liter of petrol. You know, in terms of the range it gets you, it's, it's as if you're paying 30, 35 cents uh, per liter for petrol. Um, but it's just more than that. It's just fun. Feels cool. It feels nice. There's um, a general, there's a real like leaf community on the road too and it's funny how often we drive past one and like truck drivers wave to truck drivers a leaf driver will acknowledge that you are also a cool leaf driver that cares about the planet it's really fun really cool uh we talk about nissan leafs a lot generally that's the sort of most affordable option in the electric car world uh, the everything else is a big step up you know you've got the kia soul you've got the hyundai um Options you've got obviously Teslas, which are you know 70 80 grand plus. And so, my dream car, my which dream is the, the electric A3, <laughs> the Audi, the Audi e tron, uh, the Hyundai Elantra is the, is the electric one, I believe. So, oh, sorry, no, the Ionic, the Ionic is the Hyundai one. Um, so if you've got spare cash, there are more expensive, uh, fun options that you can go for, but I, it's just so cool that. that Electric cars are available on the affordable end of the spectrum, so you know the Nissan Leafs that are running around there, they're fun to be able to, to be able to use. One thing I should touch on before we go is, you know, since we've owned a Leaf a few times, people who don't agree with owning an electric car have sent us, you know, they'll send us a link to a study which shows that over the life of the car, you know, electric cars do more damage to the environment because of the mining that's involved in getting the cobalt or the lithium that goes into their batteries um so a few people have sent us this stuff over time personally i don't buy into it i i do have a confirmation bias so i'm looking for things that confirm that i'm doing the right thing to buy an electric car but generally these studies have holes in them from when i've researched them further and anytime i've seen a study which says electric cars are not a great idea if you look into it, they're always funded by fossil fuel companies. So I just, as soon as I see that, I just instantly ignore anything they say because I'm like, it's, it's, it's in it's, their interest to, it's in their interest to bash it. It's green, you know, it's, uh, that's what they're trying to do. So, you know, the, the infrastructure around electric car ownership is only going to get better from here. It's only the way the world's going. And as you see, 
more and more take up of it, you'll see more companies, this is just capitalism working, you'll see more companies be uh, launched which refurbish these batteries and help you get them to last longer and which are um, companies where they, they only sell electric cars or companies where they where they specialize in servicing electric cars. So, and, and also companies will um, make more and more cool electric cars so you won't just have to drive and I'm going to say left around, you'll be able to get all sorts of fun stuff. So, yeah, I think you can you can help move this forward by voting with your wallet. And if you are buying a new car in the near future, consider getting an electric one. If that's just too scary for you, then at least consider getting a hybrid. You know, it's it's uh, one step in the right direction at least. Absolutely. So plenty of options out there. One last thing I'd say on the looks you don't care what a car looks like once you're in it. You really don't. I don't even notice anymore at all. It's And now, to be fair, when we bought them, there were potentially fewer on the road, and I think just general public is more used to seeing them too. So I the number of people that I say, you know, it's ugly, but it's great, and they don't, they disagree with me. They say it's actually not ugly. They think it looks cool. It's fine. Um yeah, I don't know that Nissan's next design needs to be quite so futuristic looking. What about just a normal car that has a battery? But, you know, it's, I can't tell when you're inside it, you don't notice and and it does its job perfectly. Yeah, I love it too. Mm. Next stop, a Tesla, one day. One day. <laughs> All right, thanks everyone for tuning in. I hope that uh, answers a few of your questions about owning a Leaf. Uh, and uh, we'll cover some more fun topics in our upcoming episodes. Thanks so much.